How embarrassing to have a moment like that in front of Tony Stamp, award-winning music journalist. I find it's a it's a dual screen problem, right? Right. Mm. We've got two screens, which is meant to be helpful, but it's much easier to misplace your mouse arrow. Exactly, yeah. Plus we're in Siberia in Control-C uh, studio. <laughs> we don't spend a lot of time in, uh, but the main studio is getting a bit of a do-up. Yes, our very own RNZ producer Tony Stamp has been working on a project looking at music history in Tamaki Makoto, Auckland narrowing it down in particular to two very influential clubs that changed the city's nightlife. He's interviewed musicians, DJs, bar staff, doormen and patrons from the days of box and cause celeb to relive the decade that heavily influenced the music scene in Auckland. He's with me in the studio. Hmm. Hi, Tony. You've been a busy boy. Kia ora, Jesse. Yeah, I, I have been a busy boy. This is probably the most sort of comprehensive project I've ever done for RNZ and I was very lucky to get a lot of time uh, to sort of chip away at it kind of in my spare time my downtime over the last four years or so gosh um yeah so very why were you interested in this topic I guess it goes back to the 1990s where I was probably late teens early 20s and starting to go out starting to be hungry for for new forms of music and there are a few places on K Road that I went to, but primarily the most exciting places in town were Box and Cause Celeb. While I think of it, did you ever go to either of these now, places? Now, I was a student in Hamilton, and I would take the bus up to my friend's house in West Auckland, huh. we would drink some cask wine, and then go two uh, complete bus uh, routes and eventually end up tired and sober mm. in Auckland City, mm. and then we would queue to get into one of these places. So was I in the perfect state of mind to enjoy them? As a man from Hamilton primarily <laughs> raised on Guns N' Roses and Metallica, maybe not. Maybe not. But it seemed buzzy. It was an adventurous time, and it definitely was buzzy. So so back to your question, why did I want to tell this story? That's part of the reason is that I did have this personal connection, mm. and then... Um, when Zen, who works in, in Wellington, suggested it as a topic or High Street in Auckland, you know, more broadly, I thought that sounds like a great idea. I was lucky enough to have Simon Grigg, who co-founded uh, the clubs in for a mixtape. This is about four years ago. Mm. And so when he was there, I said, hey, do you, do you want to talk about this as well for a separate project? Yeah. And then I held on to it. I started teeing up interviewees. I had a lot planned. COVID put paid to a lot of my plans. But then once we were past that, I sort of uh, resurrected it and, yeah, ended up talking to about, it was about 15 people in total and about 11 of those made it into the the finished package. Because this is a story about music but also about culture as well. I'm glad you said that because I did want to point out that, yeah, obviously DJs and musicians were were kind of the primary focus, but I I really wanted to get someone who worked on the bar, someone who worked on the door, uh, and I also wanted to get a punter who went on to pick, to become a DJ because mm. that, you know, it was a very, um, a lot of things were, were happening for the first time. Yeah, quite formative. Particularly in the DJ world. And so I really wanted to to get someone's perspective on that. And the person I got was uh, Amy Bassett who went on to be a broadcaster and DJ around the world. So mm. I was very happy. It's interesting, eh? Well, I mean, we have a lot of, um, well, not a lot of, but we have some discussion of um, the golden days of Auckland live music places like the Glue Pot and mm. and. And now we're just getting to a zone where suddenly the 90s is history. It's important cultural history. <laughs> this is another thing that is, you know, quite surreal to me because I'm talking about music like house, techno and jungle. And to me, these still seem like quite new and exciting <laughs> forms of music. Mm. 
but you know that they are like jazz was to me when I was a teenager. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's been that long. It's been thirty or forty years. Um, so it's also exciting too uh, that they've stood the test of time. They're constantly being reinvented. And part of my motivation was saying to all the you know millennials who are now championing championing these forms of music, mm. like this is when they came to this country yeah. in a very real sense because it was also pre-internet. So the only way you had to hear this music was mm. possibly a radio station. Yeah, that's but, very but, significant. But more it? likely, yeah, a, a physical DJ with physical records, which had someone had to deliver traveled it traveled from another country. Yeah, you know, um, it was such a different time and place, and I, I wanted to get that across too. Jazz is part of the story. Yeah. Possibly un- unlikely, but yeah, at the same time as, as techno and house was sort of emerging, uh, acid jazz was too. So Cause Celeb was was the, the smaller club, and they hosted live jazz bands. Most they were both downstairs on High Street? Yeah, you went down the same flight of stairs, yeah, and then it was right. either if you went left or right, you were mm-hmm. in for quite a different experience. Wow. But um, famously, Mark DeClive Lowe and Nathan Haynes uh, sort of got their start playing at Cause Celeb mm. with their respective bands. And then, yeah, as acid jazz kind of took over, you had DJs like Manuel Bundy who were, you know, blending that music with hip-hop, funk, you know, basically electronic music that, yeah. was, that was starting to emerge. Exciting time to be out in Auckland. Mm. You're gonna, um, where can people find this? So part one is playing replaying on nights tomorrow at 7.30, and then the final part will be the week after. But if you would like to hear it in its entirety, just go to rnz.co.nz, search box and cause celeb, I guess. I assume it's on the music homepage at the moment. Okay. And then part two, slightly different focus? The whole thing is on the web. Right. Part two is going to play next week. But yeah, part two, I sort of went into that, that internet stuff. How, how you actually got music back in those days, mm. uh, which I think people forgot really quickly, how, let alone how you discovered it. Um, and I also go into things like the Pacific Island culture, mm. which was a very big part of High Street in that time. You had Sawani, who went on to be a, uh, a very well-loved DJ uh, in New Zealand, who's sadly passed, but he got his start as a doorman. Um, and it was oh, also Pauli Fuimana. He, he was going to the yeah. box every week, and he went on to become OMC. Yeah. Shea Fu was playing there. So I sort of focus on that. And, and it was interesting that a lot of my interviewees expressed the opinion that club culture now is actually a lot less diverse than it was huh. back then. I can't really speak to that, but I, I thought that was an interesting perspective. Interesting. You got to play us a track? Well, a lot of the people who I spoke to said that this was the definitive high street track of right. the early 90s. In fact, high street gets a mention in the song. Uh, it's Nathan Haynes, who I spoke to for the doco, and the song is Lady J. Thank you. Watching, I think, as we flew mental aspects away. Say, do you recall 
how tall I stood when it was understandable. Third eye clouded in design, now I'm blind. Lady J, one of a kind. National. Thanks, Tony Stamp, Lady J by Nathan Haynes. 